It is Tamar Yona at the mic here on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com on this beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Israel between 4 to 5 p.m. holy time. And if you are listening live, that means that it is between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time as well. And you can call into the show. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We've got lots of news to talk to you about today. And I, but we, before we do that, you know, a lot of times I see the countries that are listening in, and it's just I don't have time or I, I neglect to say hello to everybody, but I do want to do that. Hi to everybody, of course, all over the land of Israel who's listening in, and also to the United States, Colombia, Canada, Brazil, Sweden, the United Kingdom, New Zealand. Poland, the Republic of Korea, etc., etc. So nice to see all of you here in the Netherlands, Canada, etc. Uh, this show is live if you're listening in the times that I just mentioned before, and you can call in if you want to weigh in on the issues of what we're going to be talking about. And what shall we be talking about? We are going to be talking about Israel's $86 billion prize. What? What, what, what? And Gabon, another coup against colonialist France. I hope I said the name right. A diplomatic incident in Libya, the United States, Al-Qaeda, and ISIS again. Ukrainian horror confirmation. We're going to get news about the Ukraine that you're probably not getting in the West, on Western news uh, media. And uh, first, though, we are going to talk about an interesting little tidbit. Jerome Powell encourages Aliyah or making Aliyah moving to Israel for Jews. First, to talk about this, let me in- introduce our weekly guest, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues. I want to welcome to the show Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Thank you. All right, so we are going to first start uh, talk about Jerome Powell. What did he say that you wanted to share with our listeners? Okay, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's really... I mean, a funny, funny quote, quote um, uh, in all of the, um, I would say, four or five decades that I've been um, uh, paying attention to uh, economics and, 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 and economics in America, he's probably the most unimpressive chairman of the Fed that I've ever seen. But to quote him at Jackson Hole, and I quote, as is often the case, we are navigating by the stars under cloudy skies. In such circumstances, risk management considerations are critical, unquote. Navigating, under, uh, navigating by the stars under clouding sky, cloud, cloudy skies. What that actually translates into being, I have no idea what I'm doing. We're guessing. Not a very impressive thing to say. Not very. <laughs> According to the National Retail Federation in the United States, retailers have seen theft in the in retail stores in the United States, increased by twenty six and a half percent on average over the past year. No that's, surprise. That's a, that's a phenomenal number. But no surprise. Um, well, yes, yes and no. I mean, it's, I mean, it, anybody who's following it, it's not a surprise. We've all seen probably that that a little video clip from Nordstrom in San Francisco where. 
a, a group of some tens of people uh, run into the store and grab whatever they can and run out, and everybody's standing there with their, uh, with their basically with their tongues in their hands and have no idea what to do, and there's nothing, there's nothing that they can do. Um, but looting has been a has become a uh, an organized pastime, evidently in the United States. And we see more and more um, uh, uh, reports about things like that. But actually, see, everything. You know, if I try to look at it objectively, and probably I'm not, but I'm trying. The United States, you know, in, in engineering, uh, uh, if you look at a, 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 a supermarket cart, the wheels are called in engineering terms a crazy wheel. It's crazy because it, it jumps in every direction with, 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 no, with no real sense to it. And that's what seems to be happening with the United States today. It jumps in every direction, shoots, shoots up off something, and you never understand what's going on. The U.S. just stamped sanctions on two of its staunchest allies, on Saudi Arabia and the, and the United Arab Emirates. NVIDIA, the, the big uh, chip company, is now not allowed to sell them chips. Just to remind everybody who's not familiar with it, NVIDIA, their R&D is in Yokonam in, in the north of Israel. As is um, basically every American company that is in any way involved in artificial intelligence, the artificial intelligence is developed here in Israel. That's true for Google, Microsoft, NVIDIA, they're all here. Okay. Meanwhile, in a, in a parallel thing, another staunch ally of the United States, Japan, which has been operating now for, what is it, 80 years under the quote-unquote umbrella of the United States, trust that umbrella so much that they've now decided to double the defense budget. In other words, Japan, for the first time since World War II, is rearming, actually rearming, because they can't trust the United States anymore. Which, if we see what the United States is doing, like as an example, Saudi Arabia and, and the United Arab Emirates, it's pretty obvious why that should be. Right. As I've been predicting, oil prices are continuing to rise. I've been saying that now for many months that I, I expect oil prices to rise. They've now passed $87. Those they've risen significantly over the past few months. Um, this is in parallel with the United States continuing to, to, to deplete its strategic reserves. The, the United States government depleting its strategic reserves. So if there are any real Jews out there listening to us who continue to insist upon living dangerously in America, they're defeating themselves and their children, and it's about time to make Aliyah. It's way beyond time to make Aliyah. Yes, yes, yes. The Jewish people should come home. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, everything, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, uh, um, permitting myself to speak for God, but I, I don't know. Just as, in a, as an observer, I don't think you can be more explicit and more clear than this. <laughs> These messages are pretty clear right now. And we'll, in a little bit, we'll be talking about Jews of Europe as well. And um, we see that this is basically all over the world. Um, the message is very clear. Go home. As I say, God is not going to send you a telegram. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Shapiro. It's time to come <laughs> home. 
<laughs> see the signs, read the Bible, know where your home is. We love America, but but uh, people, sh- you know, the Jewish people should go home. God gave us the land back after 2,000 years to build the, the modern state of Israel and to rebuild everything that we lost, and we have the opportunity to do so now, and we would be wise to take it. Yes, and, and obviously, I mean, all of these things, as I mentioned, so just mentioned, for instance, with artificial intelligence, intelligence, I mean, we're do- yes, we have problems in the country like everybody else. We're human beings. We're not supermen. But we're doing a lot of things very right. We're doing also some things that are not. But okay, that's, that, you know, that's, that's the way it works. Well, then you've got to come here and fix it. Correct. Exactly. And be part of the be part Contribute. Of the that's the whole thing. Yeah. One of the real beautiful, beautiful things about Israel is that literally every person here contributes to actually building reality, a new reality. You make a difference here. You really do. Because we're a small country and everybody here makes makes a difference. Yeah. And it's fun when everybody cares, when everybody really cares about it. Again, there are always the exceptions. Fine. Okay. That's right. But... Anyway, so that's that's that that's for Jerome Powell. I think that's enough said about that subject. Okay, we have another uh, couple of minutes till we go to the next sub. Uh, to, I mean, till we go to a break. So let's go to Israel's okay. eighty-six billion dollar prize. What is that? Okay, Israel's economy has profited so far from the natural gas that we have uh, discovered uh, uh, by more than three hundred and sixteen billion shekels, which is eighty-six billion dollars. By the way, just as an aside, 316 is an interesting number right now because 316 is the gematria, the uh, numerical value of the word Kippur. And we're just before Yom Kippur. Which is, it, translated for our listeners, which is atonement. Oh, the, the word, well I'm, I'm, well, I'm talking about the day, but okay, yes. It's sort of, it's translated in, in America as the day of atonement. That's real, that's, Really, an incorrect translation, but um, it, it's the day when um, our um, uh, um, uh, um, the process of being forgiven for our for our transgressions is completed. It's not a one day thing; it's a process that we're in the middle of the process. The process begins on the on the first day of Elul, which, and we're now in this the month. middle of Elul. Yeah. Uh, month of Elul. We are now today the seventeenth uh, uh, day of Elul, and and it 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 it, it the process b- ends with Yom Kippur, with the end of Yom Kippur. So we're in the middle of Yom uh, of this process, and three hundred sixteen, it's kind of a cute number, it is Kippur in Hebrew. Okay, but the subject is not really that. The subject is the energy savings. Um, so we have saved 316 billion shekels, $86 billion, uh, as of the end of 2022. The price of Israeli electricity was half that of, it, of, of what it is in Europe. Well, and the, I wish, those benefits are really very much it. in the beginning. They're still growing and growing rapidly. Um, and we'll see where it goes, but we don't yet know. But we're still discovering more gas and we're still discovering more ways to do things. Okay, well, we'll talk more about that when we get back.
are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we are talking about Israel's $86 billion prize. And you were saying very briefly, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Yes, this is as of the end of 2022. So I mean, nearly another year has passed since then. So this number has actually grown since then. I don't, we don't have data yet on, on how much has grown in this year, but um, 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 this uh, continues to benefit our economy enormously. Um, and as I said, the, um, the, the entire um, uh, issue of natural gas is not just continuing to benefit, but it's continuing to grow as well. And that's very interesting. Well, I would like to see some of that uh, growth trickle down to the average person. Oh, it does. Great. It does. Does tell me, make me happy. Oh, first of all, um, the price of electricity here is 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 half of what it is in in Europe. That that's 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 an immediate. It's still super high here. No, it is not. It's not. That's that's a mistake that you get from the newspapers. It is slightly higher than the United States. That's the mistake I get. The average price of electricity in the United States (laughs) is fourteen cents a kilowatt hour, and it's sixteen cents here. Really? Okay. Well, I guess I so feel not a little bit. a big better. deal. We're one of the cheapest places in the world today for electricity. Huh. Okay. As, another, as, as we say, as we say, in, send me in, those, in send me those numbers. So the next time we get our, our electric bill, I can show it to my husband and, and maybe he'll feel a little bit better too. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's just the numbers. I mean, you know, that's what I deal with. I yeah, deal with yeah, numbers. send me the numbers. Send me the numbers. Okay. All right. Our next okay, topic. Okay, let's go on. Yes. Now, U.S. oil major, everybody's familiar with the name of the company called Chevron, but they pronounce it Chevron. Oh, um, that's where that Chevron comes from? I well, I don't know if that's that. anybody, but that's what, I mean, if you just read it, and with, with, as, as an Israeli, that's what it says. Chevron. Fascinating. I never put two and two together. Okay. <laughs> okay. So has again failed to develop its bid for 124 billion cubic meters in the Aphrodite field. The 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 reason why this is doubly important: a, Chevron is the leading company in terms of our gas, and it is the le- the leading American company in terms of the gas in the Eastern Mediterranean. So. They're, they're, they're attempting to work not only in Israel, but also in Cyprus and in Egypt and etc. in the entire area. And they've been trying to bid for uh, uh, um, uh, developing the, uh, uh, the, the fields. In, in the Aphrodite field apparently is the largest of them all, of all of the various gas fields. It belongs to, the, to, the, to Cyprus. Um, and the, the reason why they're failing to do it is they're, they're insisting upon a, a subsea pipe to Egypt. And most countries don't, aren't interested in doing that. Their, their idea is to liquefy it and then send it to Europe. Um, but um, uh, as I said, well, that, that, that's their problem. That's just in, information. Information. Israel's fourth solar energy farm at Ashalim. Ashalim is a is a, a place in the middle of the Negev Desert, uh, uh, in the southern par- portion of, of the of the country here. Um, uh, 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 the, the, so the fourth solar energy farm at Ashalim has begun to operate. Uh, it's supplying power. It is the lowest cost solar energy project on the planet. 
Now, I need to qualify that and explain. Ashalim is not solar, photo, photovoltaic. It's not solar panels that Americans are usually familiar with. It's what's called solar thermal, like we have on our roofs. Of course, more sophisticated, much, much, much larger. <clears throat> but the solar power there is being produced by for 2.2 cents per kilowatt hour. 2.2 cents per kilowatt hour. The lowest price of any um, uh, um, non-fossil fuel electricity on the planet. Hmm. Uh, um, uh, uh, contrary to what's been published in the United States, Australia, as I said, is not photovoltaics. It's solar thermal. Um, uh, neighbors of ours in Italy and Greece are learning that energy is not the U.S.'s, the, the United States' best forte. They, with Cyprus and perhaps Egypt, are joining Israel in the East Med initiative that the United States has been blocking ever since Biden came to power. One of the first things he did on the first day that he was all, when he was inaugurated, one of his first acts as president of the United States was to block the East Med pipeline that was supposed to bring gas to Europe from the East Mediterranean, which is a really amazing thing that he did. No explanation has ever been given for why he did that. Um, uh, 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 as I've said before, um, uh, uh, price of oil is already up to 87. Uh, Barclays has now predicted that within sometime within the fourth quarter of the of this year, it'll get to ninety seven dollars per barrel. Um, people should be aware. The European Union is increasing energy imports from Russia. While they're talking about sanctions, under the table, they're buying mo mountains and lakes of, of Russian gas and oil. And this and by is, the way, so is the United States, but not quite not the same context. And this is even after the Nord Stream pipeline was blown up. Well, the Nord Stream is only gas, and they're buying both gas and and oil. So that the, the EU imports have risen by more than 40%. Um, uh, 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 52 percent of the EU purchases of Russian gas exports in, in, in 2023. The, the European Union bought 52 percent. That's more than half of all Russian exports of gas were to the European Union. So ignore everything you read. In the newspapers, it's all fabrication. Ignore the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might be a nice man. <laughs> India is not funding Russia as the U.S. government continues to insist. The, US, the, the European Union is. So be aware that $10 billion has already been transferred to Russia over the past few months. And as usual, the United States, as I mentioned before, not only blocked it when he came in office, but he continues to block it and continues to not allow the European Union to replace Russian gas with gas from the eastern Mediterranean. It's all hypocrisy. It's all lies. And none of it is in any way been explained by that strange young lady that appears to speak for Biden. So Russia's laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, well, they don't, they don't need to. They own the bank. 
Russian economy is the fastest growing economy on the planet right now. Not despite the war, but because of the war. Mm-hmm. All of these sanctions, almost all of them, I, I shouldn't say all, these sanctions in general are a bluff. They're PR. They are nothing else. Kind of like the sanctions against Iran. All, all pretty much a bluff. Well, the sanctions against Iran, I mean, they don't even pretend anymore to, to be sanctions. And the United States has stopped even pretending. And, and from Russia, they, can, they, they still pretend. It's still sort of. But nothing, none of this is real. Russia is still buying components for weapon systems from the United States. Okay? Can we be more explicit than that? Hmm. Unbelievable. All right. We going to another topic? Uh, we can. I don't know about the break. To the, how, how another, two, break? T- another three minutes almost. Okay, fine. So let's talk about Gabon. Okay? As people probably who have listened, have have sensed probably, I am um, uh, uh, um, very, very pleased about these uh, the coup in, in Niger, and now there's another coup in Gabon. Both of these are former uh, uh, French possessions. I, I still believe that they're, they're still, in many ways, colonies of France, except that now they're, they're quote-unquote, only economic uh, colonies. Um, Gabon is a phenomenally resource-rich country where the population is uh, uh, horribly poor. And uh, the reason for that, of course, is because the French have been stealing the resources, as they've been doing for hundreds of years now throughout Africa. So about seven months after Niger, Gabon military seized the country after a U.S.-EU-engineered election, election in double quotation marks. The election was, of course, completely staged, um, five minutes, or I think it was five minutes, single-digit number of minutes after the election results were supposedly, the supposed election results were reported, the military said, forget it. We've had enough. For 50 years, this family has been ruling, this one family, the Bongo family, has been ruling Gabon. Um, that's enough. The streets have been filled since then with people that are jubilant, while in parallel to that, the, 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 the fool, that's, the, that, that's the, uh, uh, the Secretary General of the United Nations, said that the coup is unfair because it's not, uh, uh, it's, it's not good for human rights. I don't know about what humans he's looking at, but the people of Gabon surely, sorely, surely disagree with him. Hmm. Wow. All right. Well, we wish them luck over there. Sometimes it's uh, necessary to overthrow these governments. They've become corrupt. And I hope it never happens here. All right. That our government is so, so corrupt. But I think all governments there are corrupt, including ours. (laughs) We're going to be right back, everybody. We have a lot more news to talk about. The United States, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Ukraine, etc. Don't go anywhere. We 
are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And there are uh, governmental movements around the world. And we're talking about Africa now. And we are speaking about Gabon, which was another coup that happened against colonialist France. The people have overthrown their election, saying that they were not uh, honest. And uh, take it away, Dr. Mordecai ben Okay. <clears throat> This is very. This is actually a very important subject. Again, most people in the West look at Africa and say, "Okay, who who cares? Africa is such a small proportion of the world economy. You know, uh, uh, just a few percentages of global G- GDP. So it doesn't matter." Well, they're wrong. Let me just give some indications of what's going on here. So, uh, 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 throughout all of these countries in in in, in uh, West and Central Africa. Um, uh, France has been maintaining um, uh, large military contingents in all of these countries for many, many years. Uh, uh, I won't go through the numbers uh, 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 um, uh, completely, but just to give a a little little idea, Nigeria, for instance, had 5,000 African troops, Mauritania, 3,000 African troops, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, The the numbers are known. Um, uh, Let me quote something a fascinating statement. Quote, without Africa, France will slide down into the rank of a third world power. France will have no history in the 21st century. This is not Mordechai saying it. This is Jacques Chirac and Francois Mitterrand. Hmm, Two two former former presidents of France. Yes, wow. That is interesting. I want, I want you to repeat that for our listeners in case they didn't. Okay. Quote, without Africa, France will slide down into the rank of a third world power. France will have no history in the 21st century, unquote. That's very now, powerful. Now, I have to say, make a caveat and say that, that uh, I got it in translation. I do not know French, so I, I'm trusting the, whoever translated that. So it might be a, a slight mistranslation here, but I, I, I believe this. I believe very strongly that this is a, a correct translation. Uh, 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 at the at the Africa summit just a few weeks ago, Putin said, "We want you to keep your minerals, to control your sovereignty, to enjoy your wealth." Again, look at the difference between what France is saying and what Putin is saying, and understand why the people in Africa admire and respect Putin. That's why Russia forgave $27 billion in loans to African country. Russia, on the one hand, is making phenomenal mountains of cash from uh, its energy. It can afford, again, despite the nonsense printed in, in American uh, um, um, uh, newspapers, it can easily afford to just give $27 billion away. And the Africans, Africans, of course, are extraordinarily grateful for us. Is there any wonder why the Americans are waging war against Putin? Are people beginning to understand what's really going on here? BBC said, Africa's coup pandemic spreads. They're likening it to a disease, not to freedom. I th- I would say decolonization is spreading throughout Africa. And I think that's wonderful. 
and I wish the Africans all the luck and all the success that's possible. Wow. Wow. So I believe that this is a this is one of the results. I, I mean, I can't document this. I can't prove this. But I believe that this is related in some way to the BRICS summit as well. Um, most of these countries that are that have been forcibly maintained as horribly poor, again, not only in Africa, but mostly in Africa, are waking up and they are beginning to say, it's time. This, this must stop. We don't agree to be your slaves any longer. Let me just explain what this exactly means. France's largest export today for the past many years has been they export electricity to their neighbors, to Germany, to the, to the, to the Netherlands, and etc. They export this electricity because 70% of their electricity is made from, from nuclear power. So how much would they be making if they actually had to pay for the raw materials and didn't steal them? I spoke with a friend of mine. I have a very close friend who is uh, uh, visiting uh, his, some of his family, their family, I should say, he and his wife, are visiting their family in France. I spoke with him on Friday, a long con telephone conversation, and he explained to me that the fear in France is palpable in the streets. People are, in France are aware that their, uh, 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 their economy the second largest economy in the, in, the, in the European Union is on the knife edge. It's on the brink. And just as German economy is on the knife edge. And that knife is getting sharper all the time. I find it astounding, very interesting to see this flip-flop of uh, power from Europe and uh, Africa. I totally agree. I think not only fascinating to me, it's, it's, it's empowering, it's exciting, and I, I could not be more happy for the Africans. I've been to Africa, and I've spoken with very senior people in several governments in Africa over the years. Uh, I, I understand what they've been going through over these, over these past few decades, and I wish them every success possible. They really, really have it coming to them. Well, I just hope that that these new governments that come into power, the, they will, you know, not be corrupt, that they'll really be helping their people. Well, of course, it's too early to, to, to voice an opinion. Of course, I, I completely agree with the sentiment, but we, we just don't know. What we've seen so far in Mali, in Burkina Faso, in Chad, in, in, in Niger, again, Niger is still it's only, a month, it's only a month old, but so far what, we, what we've been seeing has appeared to be in the right direction. And we're hoping that, again, we hope that it succeeds. All right. Okay, we still have a few more subjects. And let's go okay, to... Okay, let's jump to a different part of yes. Africa, to Libya. Yes. Libya is in the... North we, Africa. You know, we're speaking so far about sub-Sahara. Now we're in the Sahara. Libya is an artificial country created by, by the Europeans. They, they artificially glued together four different tribal areas. Um, uh, 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 there's been, there was a meeting between the between our foreign minister and Libya's quote unquote foreign minister, and I'll explain that in a moment. Um, 
Libya basically is breaking apart uh, into its four constituent parts. The, the two main parts are uh, Tripoli and Karanaika. Tripoli is both the name of the main city in, in, in that particular province and the name of the province. Uh, capital of Karanaika, some people might recall, is Benghazi. Uh, um, uh, under Obama, there was some famous incident in Benghazi, people might recall. Yes. Today, there are two governments in, in Libya. Governing Each one governs one of, these two pro, one of these two provinces. The other two provinces, which are in the south and are pure deserts, they're just in limbo, limbo. Nobody knows what's going on there. No reports out of there. We have no idea what's happening there. Um, uh, 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 um, the entire Jewish population of Libya, which was quite substantial uh, earlier, was uh, ordered to leave on 24-hour notice in 1967, forfeiting all of their property. They were permitted to take with them 50 British pounds per person. The stolen property is today estimated to be worth about $25 billion. That's just the property that was stolen. To give an example, the, the Russian embassy is, <clears throat> is in uh, a home of, of, a, of a friend of mine. What was their home? That home is now estimated to be worth, not just the house itself, but of course with the lands around it and et cetera, et cetera, is now estimated to be worth about a billion dollars. Wow. And all of this was stolen, of course. Gaddafi, everybody has been trained for decades to view Gaddafi as being some sort of a creep, a madman, a weirdo, and he also has some weird names. People are not aware. Gaddafi's mother was Jewish. She was raped. And that's where Gaddafi came from. I heard those rumors, but they've never been proven. They've never been proven, but I met two guys who claimed to have been his brothers. Or his half-brother. But he I mean, still that's... hated Jews, so... <laughs> no, he did not. He did? Not... What are you talking about? No, he did not. And one, of, and one of the fascinating things is that in every country that we were ejected from, in Syria, Egypt, Iraq, Algeria, all of the synagogues, for instance, were destroyed. Gaddafi did not destroy a single synagogue. He sealed them because there, there were no Jews there. But he also protected them. Yeah, protection like that. We don't need. Okay, well, okay. whatever. The, whatever. He, he ejected all the Jews. There's no doubt about that. He stole all the property. There's no doubt about that. He didn't love us. And he had but no relations with Israel. He condemned Israel. Hated us. And I he don't hosted know. terrorists in the PLO in Libya, etc. Oh, yes, of course. So, of course. okay. So, well, no, by the, way, by the way, they were not based in Libya. They were based in, they were based in Tunis. The PLO, was, the PLO base was in Tunis, not, not in Libya. Okay, all right. Anyway, anyway, so Gaddafi was clearly a, 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 a very strange person, a very weird person. Um, but in any case, the meeting between the foreign ministers was about some plan to try to restore Jewish property that had been stolen. Um, we don't understand why the Biden administration has expressed very angry about the meeting. This is... Again, not explained. All they did was they said that they were very angry. The, the person who was the so-called foreign minister of Libya, again, she was the foreign minister of the province of Tripoli, not of the entire country. Because the entire country doesn't exist anymore. She's a very strange person. She was born in Britain. Um, she wears trousers. 
She does not cover her hair. All things which are very strange for any official in any Arab country. Um, what we don't know is who actually released the information about the meeting. There was a, a so-called tweet on the um, foreign minister, our, our foreign ministry site. The per person who released this tweet, the tweet was erased after less than, less than an hour. Who wrote the tweet? So far, we do not know who that was. Well, I have my suspicion. Can, we yeah. don't know. I can take a stab at why the Biden administration was displeased. I'd love to hear it. Because if Israel uh, does this, has, starts to have relations with uh, Libya, it makes Israel stronger. And they don't want a strong Israel. They want a oh, weak and pliable I, I Israel. I completely agree with that. Okay. Completely agree with that. All right. But anyway, that's 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 this diplomatic incident. Most people, most people who are who are interested in news probably heard that this happened. I just wanted to give some some background so people can understand what it is that's going on here. Um, there, there, there's been a very strong negative reaction in the streets of Tripoli. Which is not unexpected, but okay, that's where we stand right now. Let's go on. Okay. Okay. Next the topic. U.S. again is uh, getting in bed with Al Qaeda and ISIS. We need to, again, people need to realize and understand and remember both Al Qaeda and ISIS were formed by the American government. Both of them. Again, we mentioned Benghazi. That incident in Benghazi when the American ambassador was killed. He was killed in the process of shipping arms to ISIS. Al-Qaeda, of course, was created under the CIA during the time of the uh, Russian incursion into Afghanistan. Both of these organizations are originally American-sponsored organizations. Three Republican congressmen last week entered Syria illegally through some... Uh, illicit border crossing on the on the Turkish border to confer with the U.S. prescribed by the United States government terrorist organizations in North Syria. What they discussed, we do not know. It has not been published. The U.S. has been increasing its military personnel in Syria since Biden came into office. When Trump left office, there were 900 troops American troops in Syria, there are now more than more than 3,000. So it's more than tripled. The Muslim Brotherhood has been adopted by U.S. forces as a proxy. The Muslim Brotherhood makes Iran look like a friend. Why the United States is doing this in Syria, <clears throat> again, has not been revealed. But evidently, the it appears to be that the objective of the United States is to balkanize Syria, to break it up into individual pieces. Nobody knows what the real plan actually is. Okay, getting on to our last subject for, for today. Um, Already? <laughs> oh, yes. As I said, we're, we're, we're moving right along. Okay. Um, Nothing Ukraine. here, folks. Nothing here to look at and move right along. Go ahead. Ukraine. Um, again, everything you read in the newspapers in, 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 in uh, uh, America and Western Europe is all rubbish. It's, not, it's just not true. Kiev Star, which is the leading 
um, uh, uh, um, um, uh, Ukrainian news outlet. It's not an official outlet, but it's a it's it's a leading outlet. Reported seemingly inadvertently that a number of Ukrainian soldiers that are dead stands today at four hundred thousand. This does not include civilians that have been that have died in the war, just the soldiers. Four hundred thousand. So if we add in the um, uh, civilians that have died, and we add in um, uh, uh, the number of Russians that have, that have clearly died, we, we know that's about a, 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 a one to eight uh, a relationship. The this war, this sponsored proxy war, has already killed over half a million people. Terrible. Absolutely horrible. And I don't even like the Ukrainians, and I still think it's horrible. Why are Russian people so motivated to fight and win the war? That's the, that's, that, that should be everybody's main question here. Whether the West, um, I would say, replace that word with Victoria Nuland, uh, likes it or not, Russians are, compo- are convinced, absolutely convinced, that Stefan Bandera and his so-called neo-Nazis are nothing but Nazis. There's nothing neo about them at all. They're Nazis. Stefan Bandera was killed by um, uh, uh, secret services. Nobody knows which one, if it was the American secret service or the Russian secret services. Um, But his philosophy is still very strong throughout Ukraine. People may have heard about the Azov Battalion, but it's much, much more than one battalion. Um, uh, uh, again, you can like or dislike the Nazis. You can like or dislike the Ukrainians. I don't care. The point is you need to ask, why are the Russians so motivated? There are nearly a million Russian soldiers today. Russians continue to volunteer in phenomenal numbers to go and fight in this war. But... Can we believe that as well? I want to play devil's advocate here because I remember seeing news stories that when this war had started, there were a lot of Russian men uh, that, of army age that were trying to get out of Russia so they could, so they wouldn't have to serve and, and die in this war that they they say that they didn't believe in. That's that's what I remember seeing. Is you're probably right. I I I, I was I would certainly expect that to be the case, but. The question is, 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 is the, the relationship, the proportionality. So if you have a few hundred thousand Russians that don't want to serve in the army, that's fine. That's a reasonable reaction for many people. But if you also have, to, in parallel to that, five million that do, I don't know the number. I'm just showing out a number here. But clearly, many more Russians want to fight or, want, or believe in this war. The, the last survey that I saw in terms of Putin's popularity is more than 84%. 84%. I mean, Biden doesn't even get to flipping those numbers around. Hmm. Okay. Um, this war is entirely, remember, the Russians, well, the Soviets, I should say, lost in, the, in World War II something between 27 or 35 million people to the Nazis. <clears throat> there is nothing, nothing in the world on the planet that the Russians despise more than Nazis. 
Anytime anything looks like a Nazi, they will try to kill the Nazis. And and as I said, for, it's, it's reasonable. You might not like it, but it's reasonable. The Nazis killed a lot of Russians. Remember, under Nazi philosophy, Russians were considered to be, or all Slavs, not just Russians, I should say. Slavs were considered to be um, subhuman. And so they expected to annihilate the, the Slavs as well. Not, 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 not you know, that's one of the races, pardon me for, for the word, that the Nazis intended to eliminate. So the Russians fighting Ukrainians because they believe that the Ukrainians are indeed Nazis. I, I just want I just want to hear while you were talking, I did a Google search for RT, R like in Russia, okay, and then T. Uh, RT is a is a Russian um, news um, site. Um, uh, news site. Yes. Correct. Okay. So I was I and and now I use and I'm not telling everybody to do this because I may change it soon as well. But I've stopped using Google searches because I feel that they're censoring a lot of things and bearing the the access to find information. So I switched a while ago to duckduckgo.com but I hear that they're not getting they're they're not so mm, ooh la la anymore either because I just did a, a search on for RT news and guess what I get? The first the first thing should be RT.com. Right? Right? Supposedly. Okay. Supposedly. But I, I'm not. I'm getting first uh, Wikipedia. Then I'm getting Reuters. Then I'm getting Al Jazeera. <laughs> then I'm getting NewsLive.com. Then I'm getting YouTube. Then I'm getting Ground News. Then I'm getting a UK, you, you know, United Kingdom website. And I'm looking at this whole page here. And on the whole entire first page, I do not see... Um, the, the direct link at advertise here for it. So I would just encourage people understand that you're not getting all the news because we all know that the media is controlled. The media has to has sponsors. They have to please their sponsors. And, and also they're, they're cooperating with government a lot now also. And that you, you really, I mean, all of us, we need to do our own research. And it would be good just to get a look at what the other side is saying. I'm not saying to believe them because the other side could have lots of propaganda too. But just be aware. Just know what the other side is saying. It will open your mind. It will expand your mind. You'll learn how to think better. You'll learn how to process better. You'll be more critical thinker. To know what the other side is thinking or saying, whether it's true or not, you can discern or try to discern whether what they're saying is true or not. But just to get a more full picture, I urge you to do that. And also maybe do even a few searches on different web search engines because I'm really disappointed I'm really disappointed with, with what I've found here while looking for it. Okay, go ahead, because we have a few more minutes. Uh, two comments quickly on yeah. that. First of all, I agree with what you're saying. And secondly, I have not used Google search in years. Mm -hmm. okay. they, they, I, I don't trust them. I don't believe them. I will, I will use Google search in one instance today, and that's when and it's called, what's called Google Scholar. If I'm looking for scholarly articles, Google is still the only source that I can use, that okay. I can access. All right. They're the only company that I'm aware of that has um, uh, 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 what they call Google Scholar. I don't know of any other search engine that has that facility. Yeah, so I'm just saying people might want to do some 
also some searches go on to chat rooms ask other people what search engine do you use which one is going to be much more fair and reliable and less censoring or bearing of topics because you should be able to if you do a search you should be able to get the information that you're looking for okay because yes. i don't know if i'm going to say with duck duck go anymore either i'm getting pretty okay i don't i don't know i don't know which search engine to um uh recommend i do not recommend google that's all i can say i okay. don't i don't have a preferred search engine um I basically I think most of them are garbage. Most of them are slanted awfully. <laughs> I I can imagine a search that I did on 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 YouTube not long ago. It was so ridiculous that it was it was hilarious. I, I think I searched for uh, um, uh, uh, um, movies about fairy tales or something like that. And the first thing that came up was the Chainsaw Massacre and whatever movie. Something like oh, that. lovely, lovely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so that's just to finish up now. Yeah. Um, one should note that in, in uh, throughout Europe, since this war has begun, the level of drug sales throughout Western Europe has risen by several hundreds of percent. So whether you believe that Ukrainians are Nazis or not, it's almost obvious to anyone in law enforcement that Ukrainians are in some way related to organized crime throughout Europe today. Um, uh, uh, um, Not a big surprise. We don't know the exact details of that, but we do know that 14 million Ukrainians now live in the EU. And high drug use, <laughs> high crime, erosion of societal values, precipitous drop in religiosity, hmm. and as I said, uh, uh, a crumbling of infrastructure, a crumbling of the uh, industrial base, very high energy costs. All of these things are weighing down Europe. I think what's happening with France right now is is a is a tip of the iceberg. I think what we're seeing, I'm going to make a prediction here. I think we'll be seeing more of this. There will be more coups. There will be more instances of uh, of uh, the colonial powers being thrown out of African countries. I, I hope to meet in about a week with a close friend of mine who uh, uh, works in Angola and should be home for the holidays. I hope to meet with him. Angola was formerly a, a Portuguese holiday, uh, colony. So I, I, I'm continuing to attempt to gather and evaluate information as it comes in. Okay. Uh... I wanted to say something, but I'm having a senior moment. So, so go ahead. Keep going. So that's it. That's it. All right. Well, you know, everybody, again, I just want to encourage you. We, we, we really sadly cannot trust the media, the, the big media, and we cannot trust our Googles and our Duck ducks and 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 I don't know what other search engines. I just think that everyone really needs to take responsibility for their own information that they're pursuing for their own health. Not just say, "Well, this, my doctor said to do this," and so you blindly do it. Remember, doctors are trained in medicine, in drugs. You have this disease, this is the pill you take. That's what they were trained as. So that's what they're going to do. And, and, and I would imagine that the majority of them do it in 
good faith not to hurt you because that's what they were trained to do. But that's that still does, is not going to make a difference for you and your health safety. So uh, take responsibility. Do your own research. If, you, if, if you're prescribed a drug, go look it up and see what the side effects are and see what other people are saying about it. And then see if there's a natural way to be able to heal yourself. And if someone's telling you in the news that you have to do this because of this war or this policy or this whatever, understand. I remember what I wanted to say now. One of the reasons why you also know that the Ukraine is doing a lot of criminal activities is because they've got dealings with Joe Biden, <laughs> according to the news. Re- according to other news reports, you're gonna, the alternative ones. You're going to find out that there's a lot of hanky panky with the Bidens in Ukraine. So you should be aware of that as well. Well, it goes beyond just that. You're correct, of course, but it goes beyond that. We we know, for instance, we have seen pictures of drug cartels in uh, Latin America, <clears throat> armed with javelin missiles. Where did they come from? They, clearly, they came from Ukraine. Ukraine. A lot of, a very large portion, we don't know the exact numbers, of course, but a lo- very large portion, some say, some people say, and maybe as high as 40% or more of the American arms that go to Ukraine are sold on the, on the, on the, on the, on the international markets. Pardon me. So the, the uh, 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 these things are bad. The, the, this arming of Ukraine is not for the good of America. These drug cartels are there in South America to fight Americans, to kill Americans. And unfortunately, Americans do not perceive it. Well, we wish everybody safety and peace and fair elections and uh, lack of corruption in their governments and honest uh, people and leadership and justice and all the good things that God wants for his children, mankind, for all of his creations. We, we wish everybody well. I want to thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, for being with us on the show and giving us all of these news updates. And uh, if you're listening in and you've never written us before, drop us a line. Let us know where you're listening in from, how you found us. We love listening and getting letters from our listeners to, to figure out how you found us and what your comments are, your feedback, etc. We welcome it. And to drop us a line, info, I-N-F-O, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, or you can write me directly at Tamar at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. That's spelled T-A-M-A-R. All right, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you.